0: I'm a telling you why uh. Santa Claus is coming to time. Hello, I'm Thomas Carruthers. I'm Will Leggett, And today is our uh... have, have they already been listening to us? i forget I I almost really forget. I um, scheduled this thing and No, they haven't listened to us yet. This is, uh, this is part one of our second Christmas special, Bonanza. Uh, later in the episode, uh, we will be talking about, uh, with new guest, Jay Reeve, about the wonderful Twilight Zone episode, of Night of the Meek. Uh, and then Will will be back, along with other special guests, Nathan Sloan, to talk about A Blackadder Carol. Um, lots to, lots to look forward to. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Will, do you remember Christmas Day, Did it,
1: it is, yeah, they
2: do do them on Christmas, yeah, Christmas Day. Yeah, but back when the BBC trusted the show and, and gave them Saturday night primetime slot and Christmas Day, rather than New Year's and Sunday.
1: Yeah,
0: after your Christmas dinner.
2: Yeah, you watch and Strictly, and then Bruce would go, now watch out, because, oh, it, it's oh next up is Doctor Who. Oh, Aww. thank you, Bruce.
0: Those were the days. I remember this one. It was a white Christmas 2007. Was it? Oh okay. I remember this very clearly. I was at my grandma Pat's uh, and most of the time I taped it and would watch it the day after. But as we know from the Titanic episode, I was a very weird child and loved the Titanic. <laughs> I had all the books. I loved the movie endlessly. Um, to the extent now that I think I know every beat. And and I know I could, if you put me, if you if you tied me down, if you tied me down and put the film and gave me every other line, I think I'd have a fair shot. <laughs> so at the end, when Martha left the TARDIS, at the end of yeah. season four, no season three.
2: Season three. Oh, <laughs>
0: oh, oh. oh, pardon me. Well, let's not talk about Doctor Who credibility because Within twenty minutes or so you're gonna start defending Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. So um I I,
2: I I'll have you know I am a strong Devitton diehard fan. No, I know,
0: but you still yeah. defend them.
2: Uh I won't defend them. I just say that I continue to watch it.
0: Which in many ways is very <laughs> entitled. I can I definitely continue to watch. It's well you know, you know my famous comment. It was fine. It's uh, just the most cutting thing that one could say. I,
2: I do think that first series with Matt Smith, Series 5, it does ha- it's excellent. There are some great episodes there. But obviously, the, the direction, it, it's just, ever since that peak, it's just gone...
0: I think it's not. I think. I mean, I don't like Matt Smith's performance at all. Uh, but also, I think the biggest crusher is the loss of uh, Russell T Davies.
2: yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. I think, although Moffat was fantastic and he's written yeah. some of the best episodes ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, he, a ser-
0: not a series runner. He's not. not a, he's not a runner.
2: runner. He's a. He's a writer. For
3: yeah,
0: one of yeah, um, and a fine example of Russell T. Davis's exceptional talent is uh, is this episode which he wrote, and I was just blown away by how good it still works. Not an in, not an ounce of datedness. Really, I mean, the crash sequence a little bit. There's a few blows of fire but not an ounce of datedness, not an ounce of cringe, not an ounce of anything shoddy. This just fucking works and it's great. And uh, I was blown up. I, I rewatched it um, a couple of summers back uh, with, a, with an ex, cause we were like, oh, do you think they'll still hold up? And most of them really do. And it's surprisingly so how much they do hold up I've got a few mentions of, this is either my favourite episode or it's my close second. Um, mm. Tied with...
2: You're a Waters of Mars
0: guy aren't you? I'm a big Waters of Mars guy. <laughs> I think yeah. Waters of Mars...
2: That's my second favourite.
0: Two? You're a Family of Blood guy aren't you?
2: I am a Family of Blood, <laughs> That that's too far for you.
0: Great stuff. And yeah, Waters of Mars and Voyage of the Damned. I I adore these two specials. So tight, so economic. Waters of Mars gets even darker and it's all the better for it. You know, how many, you can call them, yeah, it's a kids show. How many kids shows end with a man having a complete narcissistic breakdown, declaring himself as God of the universe, and then a woman killing herself to prove him wrong? (laughs) That's why. I love it so much. It's so so dark, so brilliant, and we have glimpses of where Waters of Mars will take us. Here with Voyage of the Damned, and, and as I say, I sat down in my grandma's uh, in my grandma's living room. I think everybody else was having a having a toddy, having a drink, and um, I just sat, blown absolutely blown away. All of my favourite things, a Titanic themed. I remember actually being very annoyed as a child that it wasn't the actual Titanic. Uh, little did I know how insensitive that may have been um, <laughs> as a child. But I was like, don't like this. Because I think half of my joy is a child. And it's not, it's not aesthetically pleasing when you think of all the dead people. But there is something so exciting and thrilling and tense and ultimately tragic about the water and the sinking of a ship. Uh, that I think you miss in this, and that uh, annoyed me as a child. It Doesn't annoy me anymore. It would be a bit like, I don't know, a 9/11 Doctor episode where he stops 9/11. It just wouldn't be right. <laughs> I don't think. It's a bit. That's that never comes up, does it? There's never a throwaway line of dialogue where he's like, "Why don't you go and stop? Uh, <laughs> why don't you go and stop 9/11 or the Titanic? <laughs> you know, why don't you do stop a few Is of these that, that disasters?" Fixed.
2: They're fixed moments in time. You can't do that. They have to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's bit, very, it turns very dark. That should have been in Waters of Mars. Should have gone, I can stop everything. And then Lindsay Duncan goes, hey, you can't. Bang. Um, wonderful Lindsay Duncan performance in that episode. Um, I think we're both, I don't even think it's a question really. This is the best Christmas special.
2: Yeah, um, there's a lot of people that have a big thing for A Christmas Carol, um, with uh, Matt Smith starring a singer. Uh, uh, But the the plot of that um, is basically just the doctor on his own going to see, um, uh, what's he called, Gambon, who's like a Scrooge. Um, And the reason why it's so unhappy is because he never got a girlfriend and then he's just taking him this kid back in time, it turns out to be Michael Gambon and every 10 years they meet this cryogenically frozen um, woman who sings for him and then uh, next year they go and oh sing for us again Catherine Jenkins oh Uh, and then she goes and at the end she sings Christmas Carol and there's a floating shark that eats us on it. Yeah, sounds that's...
4: genuinely the worst thing I've <laughs> yeah. heard in some
3: time. And a and lot people, of people like
2: this. People big that up to be the greatest Doctor Who Christmas special ever, which it's not. It's this, and if you want to go, I'd, I'd probably say um bride, just yeah, Runaway Bride. Yeah,
0: Runaway Bride. Yeah, yeah. Just banana mean nothing <laughs> to these people. Banana proud. Banana <laughs> <Saif-a-bog. laughs> The amount of little <laughs> things I but I watch this on end endlessly as a kid and the amount of little things like as soon as Capricorn came out and he was like when i hear they're fond of metal <laughs> and i knew it, i remember the little i remember the little inflections yeah. i mean obviously i remember a lot of the big moments classic mr the typical. um we have in this kind of an oak aussie songstress um yeah that who was does a great nice. job
2: yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, she uh, would have been a, a great companion.
0: <coughs> Pardon me. Tom clearly agree, uh, disagrees. <laughs> no, I do agree. you like, like the old racist woman from Little Britain. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, no, I agree so, so, so much, which is why I think this episode works even more, because it's Russell T Davies intentionally, I don't know if it's the right term, but cock blocking us. It's like, oh, these would be great. How great would Kylo and be? Ha ha ha, no, she's dead. And I just think, again, I think it's really intentional. I think they knew going into it that she was gonna die. And so it's a bit like, it's not really a spoiler. I won't say when, um, but there's a certain character in Mad Men and he meets a certain person. And it's like, oh my God, this is the perfect woman for him. And it's like, every little thing is perfect. Um, then it's like the writers have made her up. And then, of course, that can't work either. And because I think they have great chemistry, Tennant and Minogue. They, yeah? they They absolutely flirty, do. Flirty, a bit sexy. There's a new well, that, That's cheeky...
2: Tennant, but He, he? he, he uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, Wells a bit <laughs> flustered, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, some really cheeky... Russell T Davis lines. Um, you should see me in the morning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's just pure <your> bill. <laughs> but it works so well. Um, let's, let's die. Well, we've got a few upsetting facts. So basically, David Tennant's mother died near the start of production, uh, requiring the crew to shoot around him uh, for a little bit of absence, uh, which is which such is upsetting. Um, this is the first appearance of Wilfred. Bernard Cribbins,
2: the, the greatest companion
0: ever. I mean, is that you? your rank? What? What are you? Are you a rose man? Are you a, uh, I, as, as, I, a I am. Taint.
2: I'm a. I'm a big Donna. Doctor Donna. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: They had. Yeah. No. They had a Because
2: the, the chemistry they had. That. That was. I think that was perfect for the time. Um. But that. The. Um. The final. Um. Ten episodes with Wilf are are great, and then that no no the, the meme where he, he he salutes him at the, the wedding and it's like,
0: oh I could have done so much more. Oh. What's what's better? What's the better? I could have done more monologue. Is it that or is it um, Liam Neeson at the end of Schindler's List? <laughs> this car, this car could have been five jewels. Uh, great film. Um, and also, another sad thing, this was Carla Minogue's first major acting appearance. Uh, this isn't actually sad, this is happy, uh, since her diagnosis and recovery from breast cancer two years before. Did you know, Will, a rumour was on the internet before this was shown that the character Astrid was going to vanish at the end by spinning around and you would hear the TARDIS noise, her name being an anagram of TARDIS gave strength to the rumour. Oh, I've
2: just realised it's an Anagoga. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see. Yeah, I
0: don't
3: know
0: if it was, I don't know whether it was more so the Astrid thing or the Carolina (laughs) reference. but either were trees.
2: There was a lot of stuff leaked about that. Apparently she was going to be a a cyber woman at one point. Um, And that was dismissed. I think my favourite newspaper report was um, claiming that Albert Einstein was going to be in it, played by Woody Allen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I didn't see this. What?
2: <laughs> Where did. Uh, the Sun reported it. Right? They were saying, oh, what's going to happen? Well, we apparently, uh, Woody Allen will be, um, not reprising his role, will be playing Albert Einstein. <laughs> yeah?
0: Woody Allen, famous for appearing in. Well, no, he has appeared in some of the films that aren't, that he hasn't written and directed. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can What? <laughs> It's, I should start doing
2: the fun facts.
0: It's, it's, it's Benikeffalana is small and red. I thought it was a bunion. This, this, you know, this Rixton guy's and his phone. <laughs> it's turning a little bit more He's walking. Because walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at the... Um, z- Infliction. Uh, mm. <laughs> Um, a spacecraft set on an apocalyptic collision course with Earth. A host of killer robot angels and an evil severed head and mastermind. Gives it away in the IMDb. Oh. It's just another Christmas for the Doctor. <laughs> um, why would they give it away? That's annoying. Um, let's dive straight into it. We have... Let's do it. immediate uh, Jeffrey Palmer, who died earlier this year as Captain Hardacre. Um, Again, I don't know what it is about my favorite Doctor Eversers. They're always dark. Mm. This is real. People, lots of hundreds and hundreds of people die on screen and (laughs) off. People we care about and people we know nothing about.
2: That's another great thing about um, Russell T Davies as a showrunner. He wasn't afraid to make it dark. Moffat tried to make it dark and he succeeded with sort of the atmosphere but he was terrified of killing people off. He just couldn't do it.
0: And one of my, I I mean it's not my favourite episode but it's just a really good, not experiment, but it's just really dark is the one where the the one with the big bug turn left and it's like, and it's, why if the doctor didn't exist and like every year there was another national tragedy? and everybody died. And it's my best bit when it just cuts the TV and it's like, yeah, you know that hospital that went to the moon? They all died there because the doctor yeah. they just moved to hospital to the moon <laughs> and everybody died. Um, yes, yeah, so you have George Costigan as Max Capricorn, because I'm Max. Um, and the long and short of it is, yeah, he's, he's rigged it for an insurance scheme And he's gonna crash the Voyage Titanic, uh, the spaceship Titanic. Uh, We meet our characters. We have, as I say, Jeffrey Palmer as Captain Hardacre. So wonderfully stoic.
3: Oh.
0: I've got a line here already. um, When Russell T, when Russell T, Russell Tovey as midshipman, midshipman frame, says, you know, about two people need to stay on. And he's like, well said, very good. Because he knows that he's gonna have to shoot him later. He, know, he knows, and then another great one. They told me, I asked for old men. I asked for sea dogs, men who would had their time. So, so dark and brutal. And uh, yeah, vicious and brilliant. Uh, Russell Toby, was this? Where is this in Russell Toby's um, history of performance? Russell T Davies, all right. Russell, no, Russell <laughs> Toby this time. Uh, Two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. Okay, so he's been in Gavin and Stacey. Um, he was in Little Dorrit.
2: Oh, I like Little Dorrit.
0: He was in a Marple. Well, everybody was. That was. Um, that, were, that was actually uh, an ex's uh, secret, secret uh, hidden talent, was that no matter what actor ever, if they came on something, she'd go, she'd be very good, and she'd go, oh, that's the one where the twins have the aborted baby, but she couldn't, and she had to go to war. And it was that with any of the marbles, any of the Midsummer Murders, and any of the Inspector Gently's. <laughs> like, it was, a, it was just like Rain Man for things that middle-aged women watch <laughs> in their, their old age. Um, we meet Gray O'Brien as... Um,
2: Rickston Slate.
0: Great name, great name. Another thing that I forget about every time really, is the, just, that he doesn't have a nice moment. No, I don't know how I keep forgetting, but that he doesn't have a, even a moment of moving a panel or something.
2: No, he's um, no, he's, he's just a dick throughout. He's actually returning for this year's uh, with can't Carl call Christmas festive special, uh, New Year's special as a completely different character. Uh, is
0: yeah. Well, I don't like I don't like it when they do that. I know that the biggest example of this is obviously uh, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> Did they ever do an episode <laughs> they, explaining that they, way?
2: They did. His first episode, they explained it. They were like, um, turns out the Doctor can have the, the option to choose their face uh, based on people they've met in order. And he chose it, this one to remind him of how, what good a man he is with that shot of uh, David opening the tires and going, come with me. And Peter's like, He's like that's what he keeps seeing. Oh, I'm supposed to be a good man. I'm supposed to save people. And I was given this face to remind me of that.
0: Right. And the face you pick is Peter (laughs) Cavaldi. I wish he was in like a really shitty role now. And they had to do some real, real bad writing to be like, do you remember that guy in Pompeii? The one who was only in one scene. I remember him. He was a good man. So him? Really? (laughs) Um, we as, um, the Foon, uh, the Foons, the Van Hoffs, uh, Marvin and Foon, um, lovely, delightful, uh, he pops the champagne.
3: We like you!
0: (laughs) Lovely little moment with them with 5,000 credits. 5,000 credits? Oh, I'm gonna have to work all my life. Maybe in the script that was meant as a dramatic line. I'm going to have to work all my life. No. Uh, and then we have uh, Clive Swift as Mr. Copper.
2: Oh, I, I love Mr. Copper. Mm. Um, I, as one of my favorite characters in the episode.
0: A great conceit with the whole, he doesn't doesn't understand. Uh, you know, he's, he's got this semi-fake degree. Uh, so he's just about, it's just a great comedy. It's just a great comedy runner. Um, with lots of nice little gags along the way. What's your favorite uh, anachronism, Will, of, of of fake England?
2: Oh, it's it's the one um uh where they, they worship the Santa God uh with, with Claws and his wife Mary, and then every Christmas people uh, of the UK go to war with Turkey and then they eat the Turkish people.
0: It's a throw it's a throwaway one, but we're gonna have to start moving, they're gonna start boxing any minute. <laughs> <laughs> just a nice little, just a nice little throwaway yeah. gag there. Um, let's let's let's. Uh, oh, another little flirty, uh, and then uh, Jimmy V as Vanek. Uh, Banica- Banica- um Who's your favourite then of the of the? Is it Mr Copper?
3: Uh, my favourite of our,
0: stow- our character, our group of characters, travelling. <laughs> <Oof. laughs> travelling. Uh, yeah,
2: I'd probably say it's Mr Copper. I like, I like him. He's a nice man.
0: Are we, yeah, are we... Are we, uh, We're not...
2: discounting Astrid.
0: Yeah. As Astrid.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know what it is about, you know, tragic, tragic love that grabs me so nicely. It's but, very um, sad.
3: It's, very it's sad.
0: just relentlessly sad. Um, and then, you know, it doesn't really give you the payoff when you that you think you're going to get with the, you know, you think you're going to get another doomsday scene. And it's like, oh, I've made another copy of myself and he's going to fly about. No, <laughs> she's, just, she's just like a ghost.
3: Uh,
2: uh, that, that wasn't um, Doomsday, actually. That oh, was, that um, journey's, that was end? journey's End. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Will. Um, I apologise. Oh, I, I can't believe you've only just got that out now.
2: Yeah. Uh, for our listeners... Um that was a sonic screwdriver.
0: For our listeners, that was Will's clostomy bag. <laughs> do they make that noise? I don't think they do. Yeah. Uh yeah, no Russell. <laughs> yes. <Should laughs> um You know what I don't no, another great little flirty moment at the party. Um I should take you. I should I should tell about you. Go on then. It's just, it's just sex, just it's just himself. self, <laughs> it's just rowdy, rowdy <laughs> fun for Christmas Day. I don't like them eating all those chicken wings and then going to shake the doctor's hand. Yeah. It's just that. Jesus Christ, man. Come on, Marvin. Um, right, let's get into it then. So the crash. <laughs> They can, I don't know, uh, you know, and we can also credit James Strong uh, here, the director of the episode, directed a bunch of um, that show, Liar, directed a bunch of that Vanity Fair.
2: I liked Liar, that was very good.
0: Yeah. And the Broadchurch, directed a few broad churches. So he's, he's a real, you know, he's a few Downton Abbey's, yeah, he, you know, the sort, the exact sort he did direct some Doctor Who's Will. What do you think of these? So he directed the Oods double bill. Oh, the which one? The,
2: the um, Impossible
0: Planet and the Satan Pit.
2: They're in my top five episodes of all time.
0: Oh, he directed uh, one of my favourite double parties, which I really enjoy, uh, which apparently nobody else does, which I'm baffled by. Um, Dialects of Manhattan and Evolution of the Dialects. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, they can get behind that yeah. big time. Uh Maybe it's because I like old Hollywood. Uh, it directed Partners of Time. Partners in Time, rather, sorry.
2: Partners in Crime?
0: Partners in, in Crime, yes. <laughs> Fourth Time's the champ. Great, the that's probably... Of-
2: people say Eleventh Hour is the greatest first... Uh, well, it's the first, best first Doctor episode, mm. but Partners in Crime is a fantastic series opener. I Wonderful loved it.
0: Wonderful Sarah Lancashire. Yes. And. Uh, 2009's Planet of the Dead uh, the one that was on the oh, shite. Yeah, that wasn't great. Just a, just
2: a cheap... We're only getting four four episodes this year, they better be good. Uh, and our first Easter
0: special <laughs> was Planet of the Dead. It was Planet of the Dead and we was like, oh yeah. god. Waters of Mars, it was like oh yes. yes. And then it was the two feature length what was it, Christmas Day and New Year's?
3: The, the John Sim. Yeah, we we the,
2: got the, yeah, those two. Um, end, of, end of Time, part two and one. Is that what it was? Um, yeah. But um, we also got that Dream Worlds, the strange CBBC animated one. Do you remember that? No. That was very strange.
0: That was a purely purely canon boy. I was a BBC. Uh, BBC. Yeah. Um, and, uh, th- just does a wonderful job of setting up a real party. Uh, we've got that lady singing a song about a stowaway. I <laughs> don't know, what's something there. Uh, and then we, we get into the crash and Russell Tovey, just Alonzo, we come to learn as Alonzo. Yes. Um, just so tragic and pained and yeah, no, you've got to, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and he's like, and he shoots him. It's just rough. And then the that wonderful, we talked about this before, we very much enjoyed acceptance of death faces, yeah. where sort of tragic characters have that final acceptance of death moment. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey Palmer's got a great one and here.
2: He, he does do it as well. And he does shoot him. That's the that's the thing. Um, whereas with Matt, he would have come in and gone, oh, I don't think you'll be wanting to doing that. I've got a jammy Oh, <laughs>
3: cast
0: custard. And then they tried to be, oh, so, oh, no, Karen Gillian's gonna live forever or whatever. And the other guy had a big box forever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't care about your big bloody box and the fact that he's old immortal. Ugh. Oh, I've lived in a box for years. But also, they, they, they keep doing this thing, where it's like, the only way that we can, you know, every every gesture, the biggest gesture of all time, Just to be like, I lived through time for you. I lived through. But if you do that every single season, it becomes a little bit dull and there's only so many times I can hear, I crossed time. Oh no, that's the Terminator. I, I crest crossed time, time for you. I crossed. No, no, it's not. The... <laughs> Arnie. it's um, it's uh, uh, Kyle Reese who's like. I crossed time for you, Sarah. And then, um, and then they have sex. Uh, so when Terminator and Terminator Two were both on at the cinema, and I said, "Do you want to come to one, Mom?" and she was like. Well, I haven't seen the first one in a while. I was like, no, can you come to the second one, please? <laughs> so I didn't have to watch the very graphic uh, Linda Hamilton uh, sex scene. Uh, Linda Hamilton and Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Michael Bean, um, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Michael Bean, uh, our <laughs> the Son and the Holy Ghost. Um, the crash is excellent. Mm. Wonderful building of tension. Uh... When was gay marriage allowed in the UK?
2: Oh, I want to say it was like the second year of Dave. I want to say 2010 ish.
0: The second year?
2: Are you didn't re- <laughs> Dave the TV channel? No, I, I, Dave Cameron.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second year that the channel was. Dave <laughs> It was just, it just felt like the sort of weird shit you'd do. Uh, the marriage, <laughs> which allows same sex marriage, was. 2013, so see, oh. there we go. So this is like six years before all yeah. that. All that, as if I'm very, I'm being very <laughs> passive. All that. No, six years uh, before that, incredible. Announced change of legislation. It's <laughs> t-
3: oh, incredible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do, uh, I need to do 10 minutes now on Russell T. Davis importance in the queer community. Um, <laughs> have you seen Queer as Folk, well? No, that was his like first big thing, wasn't it? It's the first big thing. I remember I was watching mm. 50 greatest TV moments, and he was talking about uh, the gay sex scene, uh, and it was like very important. And he was talking about the rimming, and he said, um, because you know they can imagine gay sex, but um, they probably haven't thought about rimming before. And then uh, my mum went, oh, oh, "Oh, all right, skip this." And uh, and then Scylla Black came on, and she was like, "Oh, I remember, I remember queerest <laughs> folk." And then she was like, and next up, we have a lovely scene from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then he did, did you watch Banana, Cucumber, Tofu? No. No, I didn't. I didn't watch those either. Uh, what's he up to now, Russell T Davies? He's just done, what, he did Years and Years, didn't he, this year? Yes. He, oh, what's this? Oh, it's only 13 minutes. Farewell, Sarah Jane, 2020. Following the death of Sarah Jane Smith, their friends and allies reunited to memorial service to pay their respects.
4: Oh, no. That's
0: 13 <laughs> minutes. 13 minutes. Apparently, he, uh, he wrote two episodes for the 2020 series. Oh, no, 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 no. Credited Please. as characters created by, because they brought the studio back.
2: And Captain
0: Jack. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, yeah, Years and Years, which, how was that, Well.
2: Not seen it But well, apparently very, very good. Yeah.
0: I heard it got I heard it got worse. Most things do. Most yeah, true. Um and then obviously one of our favourite pieces of television in some time, uh, the Matt Lucas a midsummer night stream with uh Alone Page. No, I'm kidding. I
2: enjoyed that. I
3: watched that I in have caravan.
0: No <laughs> doubt that you did. <laughs> Uh, no, Will. I am of course talking about a very English uh, scandal, which was just oh, sensational. But,
2: uh, and I don't know why it didn't win...
0: Everything. Win yeah. the Oscar.
2: Uh, Hugh, that, that was the, the greatest bit of acting he, he's done for a, a while.
0: Well, no, it was the greatest bit of acting you had done in six months. Yes,
2: since. Yeah,
0: since past- and he was
2: reunited. Reunited in many Which ways. Which is very strange to see.
0: All I needed was a capture audience. Um, <laughs> I hope one day I read an article that's like 10 biggest Oscar snubs. Mm. And people start acknowledging that Hugh Grant should have been nominated if not won for Paddington to exactly. supporting yeah. actor, That just feels right for supporting actor. I don't know. It does. Oh, it's a dog. There's a dog. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, uh, we went on this tan- uh, tangent because, you know, he's Russell T. Davis, very important LGBT uh, writer, and he's working into his his, his, his works here with the cyborg, uh, you know, they can even marry now. And it's just these little things, uh, same with, um, I don't know whether he wrote the Agatha Christie episode, but lots of um, lots of gay people. Lots of just lots of representation in there. It reminds me an awful lot of the first interracial uh, kiss of all time on Star Trek. And um, not L. Ron Hubbard, he's Scientology. Um, oh my, God, Ray Bradbury. No, not Ray Bradbury. Gene Roddenberry. There we go. <laughs> all of the same names. Um, Gene Roddenberry's original vision for Star Trek was um, a galaxy of peace. So you've got, you know, people of all races, colors, uh, 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 not colors, races, uh, races, genders, and everything on one ship and it's never even called into question. Um, And that was his original vision. And and you sort of get a little bit of that here with the cyborg rights. Why doesn't Rixton help when he's like doing the, I know he's a bad guy, but yep. he is in no danger to pull that beam up a little bit higher with Mr. Copper. I
2: I don't know. I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but he didn't need to, did he? Because Mr. Copper got out alive. So
0: Yeah. Sorry, Marvin. I'm sorry, I know I just met you. <laughs> <laughs> um hosts or weeping angels?
2: uh, uh weeping angels. Um but hosts, I think, are great, I, and I'm glad they've never used them again. They're such a good one-off yeah. villain.
0: Which the Weeping Angels should have been,
2: exactly. Yeah,
0: that's, Weeping um, Angels is an absolutely incredible conceit. Yeah, horror film conceit, and they just, ran just ran that it into that classic.
2: The that classic, don't overuse the the scary villain in yeah. in a horror thing, and that's exactly. It was oh, perfect. <laughs> I mean.
3: Never made,
0: mind, never mind the, statue the rimming. Of Liberty yeah. a, a weeping agent. Oh goodness. Never mind the, the rimming in Queer as Foe. <sighs> Best TV moments ever is you think the episode's done, and then don't blink <laughs> and then the montage of every single yes. statue you can imagine. I was absolutely <laughs> mortified. They should have never mind offcom they should, Ofcom should have been flooded. My <laughs> child cat my child's got. An eye disease because he has to prop him open like Clockwork <laughs> Orange by child. <laughs> just excellent stuff. That was Moffitt, wasn't it? Hmm?
3: That was, was Moffat. Yeah, Moffitt. yeah. Moffitt Um
0: that. Again, the brutality of it is what makes it excellent. Marvin's death is really rough.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, maybe we can... Oh, ah, it's just dead. And then, obviously, Phone. Uh, what can I do? He'd want you to move on. No, he's doesn't. He's dead. And then, Bella Caffellata, Bella Pretty <bad>. Close his <laughs> eyes. Um, and that's it. And then it gives the doctor that great moment of no more, no more. And
2: what i speaking of that you've got that that classic. Big Doctor, I oh, I'm 903 years old. Uh, I come from Galifrey in the cancellation of Gestapo. It's it's very very this good.
0: Is probably the best version of that.
2: Yeah. Oh, this is the best Doctor speech without it being too
0: too too much. Hmm. And you, you, you I and mean, you it believe does, it. You do believe it. Maybe. <sighs> I know, I know it doesn't work for the structure of the episode. Maybe after those deaths um, And then he's like, "No, I'm, nobody else is going to die. I am the no. D- well you let them die? <laughs> Who even are you? I'm the doctor, and I'm going to save your <laughs> lives and the rest of everybody's on Earth.:
2: I think it works because it's motivation for the, the people there. It, it's yeah. like getting them ranked up. I think if you did it after the death, then you'd have the whole Time Lord Victorious too early, and you need to build to that during Series 4.
0: Yes. Um, well, this is... I think they're laying seeds for Waters of Mars already.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, with the... Um, what do you call it? With the Mr. Copper talking about Rickston. He's yeah. like, you can't choose who lives or dies. That'd make you a monster. Yeah. Um, who, who wrote... Uh, Waters of Mars, it's got to be. Uh,
2: I hope it's Russell. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: Voyage of the Damned. The um, Stolen Earth and Journey of Earth. Um, season five. Where are the specials? Oh, they've, they've put them down as a question mark.
3: <laughs> what?
0: This is very odd. Uh, the Next Doctor, Planet of the Dead, End of... T- Waters of Mars, here it is. Um, it is written by Russell T Davis and Phil Ford. Oh, wonderful. And directed by Graham Harper, who I believe is a, uh, Inside Number 9 director? Oh,
2: does that make the episode even better for you?
0: <laughs> it explains a lot. Um, except it doesn't. <laughs> I'm a dirty liar. He has never directed of An *In and I, but he has directed a lot of episodes of House of Anubis. Do you remember that? No. I'm not a liar. He did direct Maybe. Devil of Christmas, Oh. <laughs> Bernie Clifton, mm? and I'm the winner is. That's a With pretty the, good you. threesome. It's <laughs> that very good. It's I might have to watch *What's of Mars when we get home. Um, you with an... Fuck <laughs> you, you with asshole. Um, it's always worth it. Uh, the kiss. We have another tradition. Which puts the, puts the uh, emergency supplies down and beautiful, beautiful kiss. Uh, wonderful O'G. I don't think we can say enough how great she is in this episode. Uh Fantastic. And she's never really, I think she's used perfectly. And I'm not seeing her doing a big dramatic turn anytime soon, but as a sort of,
3: because
0: it's got a bit of a 40s thing to it. It's got that old Hollywood sort of classic there, little back and forth, as well as some genuine real, you know, sexy, flirty chemistry. Some great, great performance. And I think she would have worked very well as a companion. <clears throat> However, I'm very happy with her death. And the payoff of that, and it sort, and also it sort of makes it. um I'm quite happy with it being a stand, a really standalone episode. That's another thing I think is a huge problem with the new incarnations mm. of Doctor Who, is that you can't jump in anymore. Really, I mean, sure, Rosa Parks isn't in every episode, and she just does the one, but. There are so many of these, so many of these stupid strands and plots and so annoying, so it's. I mean, you've kind of
2: got to blame Russell for it, because introducing this idea of a story arc into Doctor Who, but...
0: But it was never, but it never got in the way of the standalone episodes, it would always be just a little thing, just a little thing
2: here. The the whole, you are not alone, Professor Yano Master. That the greatest story out plot twist of all time.
0: Well, this is the thing, all of them were always not anti-climaxes, but were always the least thing you expect. Yeah. So it's like this big thing, this big doom, it'll be the end of the doctor. Hello. Um and so so that sort of Yeah,
2: that that the four knocks by Wilf, that got whoa, that was because you think it's the beginning of that episode where the masses like uh, in the, 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 like the, yeah, no, oh, it's, it's good.
0: I don't want to go. um I, I do find it very funny how throughout he clearly favoritizes Astrid. <laughs> so anytime it's like, Astrid, you go next. Astrid, are you okay? <laughs> and he just is like, she is so attractive. I'm quite lucky here. This needs to work out. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you could be my companion. Uh, that's the tank doctor to a T, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and I don't, you know what? I don't mind it. <laughs> I thought that the new Star Wars movies, that's what they were missing. A bit of life, a bit of sex. You know, they were all just friends. No. It's Disney
2: though, isn't it? It's Disney.
0: No, I want awkward incest kisses that pay off three, three two films later. They're like, oh no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, and 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 Han and Leia, I want I want a bit of I want a bit of life in them. I don't just want people in the background well, going. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you're going to say something.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I say you, you, you want a bit of life in Han and Leia.
0: That
2: uh, they're both
0: dead. Yeah. No, I mean I don't mean I mean I want a bit of life. Among the new characters, uh. my example is <laughs> Han and Leia. Uh. I know that they're both dead. Do you remember in the first two movies when they killed off Han and Luke? Mm. That's the wrong horse there, didn't they? they did. Poor Carrie. That was Rise of Skywalker, absolutely trash fire, terrible, 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 terrible. I've not seen Don't.
2: anything past Force Awakens. I only watched that in
0: that one and went. Mm. I f- not right, not famously. Famously amongst me and Ava, um, I really like Last Jedi. Uh, well, no, I say I really like it. I've not watched it since, but I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as everybody made out.
2: Mm, yeah, because that's said to be the
0: really, really bad one. Mm. I think it's nowhere near as bad as Rise of Skywalker, which was an actively terrible film, and despite having over fifty subplots and the Quick in the goddamn breakneck pace of a greyhound, it was still boring, and it was only two hours. Just a real, real mess. Back to something good. Metal. Uh, what do we feel about the Capricorn? Uh, the, the Capricorn reveal. Still, it still works, doesn't it? Yeah. It's.
2: Um, it, I think it's a very good choice. For a Christmas special villain because it's, it's mm. just a bit camp, a bit silly, a bit deft, uh, where uh, the whole threat the whole time has been from the hosts. Mm. And I think it works that Max is like this.
0: Well, the original end was going to be a bit darker, it was going to be um, crashing into Buckingham Palace. Uh, but Russell T. Davis thought yeah, maybe for a Christmas special, we'll make it a bit lighter. And then, how do we feel about her? Uh, <laughs> no, let's keep talking about Max. I, I very much like Max. I don't, yeah, very camp, very funny. Uh, just outrageous. Just, and, but also, the, you know, the great payoff of... Um, uh, what does she say? Oh my God, I can't believe I forget I forget it every time it's, I quit, or I, here's my resignation, yeah. what, what did she Something say? Something like that. Something she says, like that. here's my resignation, and um, I thought, yeah, and then we have the tragic death of, of Astrid, um, just so painful, and, and yet unexpected. Um. I guess it's a bit silly, the few shots that we have and the it's a bit it's a bit silly, but I think they do quite well with the mu I mean the music's beautiful. We haven't mentioned the music yet. Uh, I, I mean, mean obviously they're playing some yeah. of the hits from the from the sound from the score. I, um, I just love Murray Gold. I think I've
2: probably mentioned before that I, I just listened to Murray Gold Doctor Who soundtracks when I'm realizing. It's very oh.
0: It's got a bit, not intentionally, but it's got a bit of the Titanic. Uh, I think
2: I think I've read somewhere that, that that was an influence.
3: Have
0: you seen the TikTok of the girl who was singing in a uh, in a stairwell? No. And she goes, and it sounds just like. Um, <laughs> I know Becky didn't like that on the film, but uh, I I love that spot. Uh another great score by uh, the late James Horner. How do we feel about the Queen's appearance? Is it a bit too bit too kitschy, bit too bit... <laughs> Thank you,
3: Doctor. Merry
0: Christmas. <laughs> terrible. They've hired a bad <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best I've ever it's not the best i ever.
2: Uh, I, I I don't think she needed to speak. No. I think it'd be funny if, like, it came washing down and and sort of the the wind the, it, 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 it like knocks her over. Like, hey.
3: <laughs>
0: Just falls <punch> <laughs> to the floor. Um, and also, the Queen's never not moved that fast in forty years. <laughs> She's bolting down those steps. Put your slippers on. Grab the dogs. Um, I like that little addition that, um, you know, that they have a bit of self-acknowledgement that London's deserted because every single Christmas people die.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I think that's just really clever uh, from, from Russell. I love Rixton's lack of redemption, which leads us into that wonderful seeding for, you know, Water of Mars. Mm. And it's a bit, is a bit brutal with when it comes to anybody who isn't a, a beautiful beautiful woman um you travel alone i travel alone it's better that way if, if he was like a stacked blonde there's no way that
3: there's
0: no way that mrs cooper isn't going on that t-
3: well
0: you know you can see the world fly around <laughs>
2: Oh, oh David!
0: Oh David! David, you have not watch it, Craig. Very annoying. Um, who's who's who who wins the film? Sorry, who wins the who wins the episode performance was? Let's remove. Let's remove Tannen. Who's the best oh. performance in the episode?
2: I I'm gonna have to go for for Mr. Copper.
0: Oh, tell you that. I think
2: it's very nice. I think.
0: It's I a think really nice. Uh, I, I'm going to give it to Kylie with a with a tie at second place between Max Capricorn and Captain Hardacre. I think in that one scene alone, mm. Jeffrey Palmer does an endless amount of work setting up a character that could have just been. It's just so much more interesting and mysterious and dramatic and tragic, and then I'm going to, they never They never liked me. I'm going to crash this shit. They never appreciated me. We've not talked about, um, we've not talked about, what's his name? Andrew Havel's uh, chief steward, who just gets blown out. Um, also one of my favorite little bits is when the little meteorite pops through the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a bit kitschy, a bit, a bit, a bit,
3: a bit uh, shit,
0: but, um, and then oxygen membrane adjusting, and then it goes to the host, what's happening here? Information, you're all going to die, uh, uh, just, and then that leads into the, uh, wonderful crash sequence, and then we have, uh, next time, coming soon, Catherine <laughs> Tate. <sighs>
2: Unicorn and the Wasp. That, that Series 4 is just the best series. Do, do you agree? Oh. Uh, it, it, for me, it's between 3 and 4. Uh, I'd probably say four, three, five, one, two. 3, 5, It's where he meets his, his future wife. Is it? Oh, yeah. And his daughter.
0: And his daughter. They met on this. Did, did they meet on this?
2: Uh, yes, yes.
0: Uh, while filming, she met David Tennant. Uh, the really following is. year, they started dating. In 2010, oh. she fell pregnant, uh, giving birth to their daughter Olive. Uh, she oh, and goodness. Tennant married in 2011. So, in truth, the doctor's daughter is the doctor's daughter. What had the doctor's because,
2: daughter? Because because it's um. And
0: had the doctor's granddaughter. It's yes, Peter because Davison's,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh
2: and and he, he he did say that uh, the fifth doctor was his favourite, so he, mm. he
3: really did.
0: Yeah, maybe well. he's just trying to get in. And also, <laughs> ooh, and also, season four does have our boy Steve, uh, with in the, the, the wonderful silence, in the silence of the
3: library,
0: um, where I much prefer, um, where it's where I like River Song. It's one of the, and Light River Song, when she was a mystery. Well, that's the biggest thing. They set up all these bloody mysteries, and they can't pay any of them off. Uh, Midnight, not the best episode I've ever seen. Leslie Sharp. Oh, i got all the voices. Yeah, it's,
2: it's said to be one of the greatest ones. Oh, it's, it's, it's,
0: it's not really that. It's cheap, it's cheap. It's called, it's called, we want lots of money for Journey's end. (laughs) We need to do this. (laughs) Uh, oh, season three's got some good ones. Lazarus three Experiment. I'm a big Lazarus with, Experiment. With Mark. Back. With yeah. Mark. Being a creepy old man. <laughs> oh, no, it's season three, well.
2: Uh, it, it is a close... It's very close between the two. Um, I think just because of that, that chemistry between the uh, Doctor and Donna, that's what just tops it. Mm. Um, but, the yeah, season three is, is spectacular.
0: Season three having... Right, skip forty-two.
2: <laughs> Written by current showrunner Chris, Chris
0: Chibnall,
2: alumni of, of University of Sheffield.
0: <laughs> I should have stopped to be distracted. Season three, you've got double-header Manhattan Daleks, incredible. Yeah.
2: You've got. Lazarus Judoon Experiment. On the, Platoon on the
0: Moon. Platoon. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus Experiment. Skip forty-two. Your favorite epi- favourite double bill, favorite episode yeah. of human nature. Blink then, then Blink and then the triple Bill of the Master.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's a it's a very well structured.
0: It's yeah. a great season. It's Sound great. of the drums, what an episode.
2: Oh,
0: oh. For ye- for like months after that was that was that was me. That was my any any playgrounds. Any playground? Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I Always used to play it in the playground. Yeah. I
0: want to be the master. <laughs> I want to be the master when he's Prime Minister. <laughs> it was like, I want to. And I kept singing the Scissor Sisters song. I've told the story before of when we bought the Scissor Sisters CD so that mm. I could listen to that song. And then the second verse is like, I want to fucking kill you. <laughs> and then my mum went, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> oh. well, What a lovely, lovely little um, thing. Next, I'm going to still be here. You're going to leave.
2: I'm going Um, to disappear.
0: I'm talking as if it's happening next, but it happened two nights ago. Uh, (laughs) We're going to talk about another incredible sci-fi series, uh, Twilight Zone, and then you're going to be back to talk about
4: boom, boom, boom.
0: Not really. It's not in that. It's not in that. (laughs) It's not in that episode. This will come up. But I want to know now. Hmm. Top (laughs) block out series.
2: I I think it's got to be Queenie. Um, I I think it goes 2-4-3 for me. 2-4-3-1. I don't count one. But four is excellent. Ooh,
0: four, three, oh! I think four these, yeah, people are coming
3: round on three, I feel. Um,
2: oh, yeah, I, I adore three. You've got,
3: great,
2: yeah. yeah, the Scarlet Pimpernel, you've got um, <laughs> Robbie Coltrane with his dictionary. It's great. Robbie Coltrane's I, dictionary. I think it, three tops it purely just for Tom Baker, who have a woman's hand, just his legless sea captain. <laughs> great,
0: great stuff. Um... Well, here we go.
3: <laughs> Come on
1: and dance the Merry Christmas Polka. Let everyone be
3: happy and gay. Oh, it's the time to be jolly.
0: Hello, I'm Thomas Carruthers. Well, people already know this. I've already, I've already introduced myself. We've, uh, me and Will have just been talking about Doctor Who, but uh, we uh, are now talking about one of my all-time favorite television series of all time um with 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 a great friend uh mr jay reef mr jay reef would you like to introduce yourself please
1: uh okay so i'm jay Reeve i am one of tom's dear friends as he says <laughs> yeah and i'm a big fan of uh david lynch and tv and film yeah
0: and we're talking today um One of my favorite Christmas specials, um, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows, uh, Rod Serling's classic, iconic, um, five season initial run of, of, of The Twilight Zone. Obviously it's had lots of different iterations over the years, the 80s one probably be oh no that one's bad too they're all terrible the 80s one's terrible the early 2000s one's terrible and this current run is also so disappointing
3: yes
1: there's some good one Um...
0: then and again but even then they're just nothing and and my theory is always you know and even the bad old ones have that bit of charm about them
3: yeah
0: Even if you can't stick the landing, I mean, Serling wrote 96 of these 150 episodes, uh, often sometimes based off short stories, but most of the time, original ideas. It's, it's, you know, he used to dictate scripts by the side of his pool and he would just dictate them. And then some poor secretary would have to uh, script them out. And then he would then make notes on those scripts. And he just pumped out hundreds, along with other television scripts, along with, you know, short story novels that I've got here, along with, you know, his seminal uh, works for Playhouse 90, um, that garnered him, along with Twilight Zone, I think it was six Emmys, and um, he's just one of the greatest writers um, of all time, and he's one of the greatest TV personalities of all time. He's obviously the iconic uh, introducer um, and that iconic voice, that iconic image Mm -hmm. with the Uh, cigarette. Jay, what's your relationship with The Twilight Zone before we get into this season two Christmas special?
1: Okay, well, uh, it was my mum's favorite show growing up.
3: Mm. Uh,
1: So obviously, I was very interested. Uh, When I was growing up, I'd only seen bits and pieces, they were very creepy Mm. uh, for a young child to watch. Uh, I can't remember which ones they were. Hmm. I know I'd seen some of some of the original, and then some of the '80s. Yeah, ones.
0: have you been to Have you been to Disney World? Because I think my first introduction to the world of the Twilight Zone was, of course, the ride, the Tower of Terror ride. Um, they have a which, ride. <laughs> they sh- have you know? Uh, oh, they sure do. It's Twilight Zone, the Tower of Terror and uh-huh. rod Serling introduces it and he goes it's it's a little bit from the it's a good life episode and he goes this is a story that requires an entirely different form of introduction and he, and he introduces it all
3: uh-huh. and,
0: and it's a um, and it's like a a, a a a hotel that got struck right. by lightning and the elevator shoots up and down and it's excellent
1: that's fantastic. It is ex-
0: it's it's my favorite ride in the whole world and in bloody Hollywood they've turned it into a guns of the galaxy thing. If they change it in Florida, I'm going to fly out within the week and get on it again.
1: Oh, they've got to keep it. Like this especially the thing. Like I know the new show hasn't like been a, a success but it's the twilight zone.
0: You got And yeah, and I think yeah. And it is that, iconog- it's that classic iconography. It's Serling, that classic voice. I mean, I've been in the midst of a real marathon for, of, of every single episode for um, a run of articles on the blog. And yeah. my new favorite thing is um, awkward shoehornings of the phrase, the Twilight Zone. And it's oh. like, um, you're, in, you're in the casino where the croupier has just set up a table in the Twilight Zone. The, twilight, the <laughs> casino in the Twilight Zone. He's just made twilight a stop Zone. at a diner in the Twilight Zone. And some of them are really, really stretching it. Uh, uh-huh. And then sometimes it doesn't even bother. It just goes, no comment here. Just a reminder about love in the Twilight Zone. It's going to be bothered. And we're talking today about the season two uh, classic episode, uh, which aired originally in 1960 and it's yeah. called The Night of the Meek. And it was 23rd of December uh, and it was in, it, this, is, this is an odd one actually, um, Twilight Zone wise, because in the second season, they realized that their budget was over was, was way over. So oh. six episodes they filmed in videotape instead of that classic, beautiful George C. Clemens cinematography. So that's why it looks crappier
1: yeah i was wondering that when i was watching it because yeah. it because compared because the other ones look great that look, i've seen pristine beautiful then, yeah but mm. the remastered audio was nice mm. if you want to get into that
0: it's it's well that's the thing isn't it, it it's an odd one because you just can't no matter how many times it goes through a remaster you can't mm. better those videotape uh mm. files and i think this is one of the episodes um of the six, mm-hmm. there's a couple that I'm okay with being videotaped because they're just no good anyway. Yeah, the lateness of the hour is just a bad episode. But yeah. this long-distance, long long-distance call, and um, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember the other ones. Uh, but there's some, there's some real good ones that end up being mm-hmm. videotaped, and it's, it's, it's real upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Art Carney. Um, nice. Henry Corwin, mm-hmm. who, who, for, for, who for simultaneously no reason, and a very big reason, I've always resented as a man.
1: Uh, oh, really?
0: Because he beat um, Al Pacino for Best Actor uh, for The Godfather Part Two. Oh,
1: oh um, okay. All right. Which is
0: for his role in Harry and Tonto, which is just him and a cat. Uh, which I just <laughs> Can't get behind, right. really.
1: Wow. I need to watch that then. you don't (laughs) don't.
0: but this he's excellent in he's he's a drunk decrepit uh mall santa who's fired on christmas eve and all he wants is to be not necessarily to be santa but to give the underprivileged gifts and um a magic sack appears this
1: was uh my first time watching it and It's a very Christmassy type special where it's like very like a Christmas carol kinda. I was expecting him to just be like a Scrooge, but then he actually had like a really wholesome goal. And I thought that was so sweet.
0: It's delightful. I, I, I you know and and it really really, This is this is a script uh, by Serling. Um mm-hmm. as I say, he wrote I think it was 18, 85 of the hundred and fifty original mm-hmm. episodes. And sailing really waits to give you that wholesomeness and give you that nicety. Yeah. It is the ad break twist that yeah. the sack appears. The yeah, first yeah. 10 minutes is rough.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the end of it, he finds the bag. And then in the second half, you discover what's in the bag.
0: Mm. And, and he's all the while thwarted by John Fielder, um, who I believe... Uh well he's Bungie? he's he's the um, na- he's the mean guy who runs the mall and he's yeah, one of I'm the Mr. jurors Bungie. in Twelve Angry Men, but I'm pretty sure that he's the racist white guy from A Raisin in the Sun who gets them to move. I may <laughs> be pulling this out of nowhere.
1: He, he is definitely not typecast. <laughs> no Yes, he is.
0: He is. He is <laughs> good. Because uh, then he reprised that role in the 80s, uh, Danny Glover, Raising in the Sun TV film. Uh, but everybody's on top form. Uh, I, lo- I love the intro of Serling, in the snow, with the big coat. Um, the, it, again, it just really brings you into the worlds of the episodes. It, there's no, he's, he's never too detached. Uh, in the opening for Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up, he's got the snow falling on him too. He's got... Yeah the big coat on and it just it just brings us into the world even even more it brings a tangibility uh, to them uh, this is directed by uh, Jack Smite who directed a bunch of, of, of Twilight Zones um, mm-hmm. and um, yes he directed he directed most of he directed three of the videotaped ones he directed The Lateness of the Hour which mm-hmm. is a bad one 22, which is fine. But his his best effort is um, The Lonely, the season one with okay. um, the wonderful Jack Warden.
1: Uh, who's, is that the one on the planet?
0: He's on the planet and he gets the robot yes. and then they forget. Okay. And then no, he wants to bring one. the robot with him. Very sad, poignant, affecting episode. Yeah. Um, Ted's knight from Caddyshack in it. <laughs> Well, we're waiting. Oh, <laughs>
1: oh, oh, oh.
0: um, Big Kenny. It's, it's, I think that's where, that's the closest nexus of all my taste. is Kenny yeah. Shack and the Twilight Zone.
1: It's the one episode.
0: So with, with obviously going into this, the Twilight Zone has its own preoccupation with twists. Well, I call it mm-hmm. a preoccupation. It's just the, the, the formula. Um on the first viewing, what did you expect the twist was going to be? Where did you think this story was going?
1: I, obviously, because it's the Twilight Zone, I was expecting a sort of a dark twist somehow, Mm. or I don't know where I was expecting it to go really, but I think I realized where it was gonna go when he said in the second half, I wish I could do this every day, no, every year, and I was like, okay, he's going to become Father Christmas, isn't he?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and not in, and he? And not in the brutal fashion of the Santa Claus, where the first where Santa Claus has to Bruce Lee fall to his death. Uh, <laughs> Tim Allen steals his clothes. Um, <laughs> did you know that a stage musical uh, based on this episode was written um, by Patrick Cook and Frederick Fryer, but has never seen the light of day due to rights
1: issues? Oh, really?
0: I feel it's right for it. It's got it's got mm. a nice Yeah trajectory.
1: And... I'd rather have that than the, the film out of the Black Mirror.
0: Episode.
1: Oh. Uh much one of the the entire history of you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well that was that was well that was uh, is that coming are they doing that are they is that back on now? Are they making that again?
1: I don't know. I, didn't Robert Downey Jr. fund it? it
0: yeah, it was Robert Downey Jr. and he Because this was when it was just Channel 4 Mm. and these were just little shows on Channel 4 and I remember them. I stayed up and watched the National Anthem live, uh, which I still think is the best Black Mirror episode. Um, But he was, yeah, no. And it had a very limited audience. Downey Jr. bought the rights for that episode uh, to make it a film. And um, obviously it then grows, grows grows mm-hmm. becomes this huge netflix thing and every yeah. man and his dog has seen it so I, I would be very surprised if um if it was still on the cards yeah um which i think i think i'm i think i'm quite thankful for
1: yeah me too um yeah because some of those they, black
0: mirrors well. don't some of those black mirrors count hold themselves for 45 minutes I can't imagine an hour 40
1: oh, oh, oh I know that's why I stopped watching it uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's the thing that, that was the biggest problem with uh, the, the fourth season of the Twilight Zone mm. was that um, they made they made it an hour show well, against Serling's will um, mm. they made it an hour show so instead of around 40 half hour episodes they did yeah. 18 hour long ones and there are still some gems in there but yeah some of them just don't hold for 45 minutes some of these don't hold for 25 so it's you know it's a it's a real I mean there is we're talking about some genuinely classic iconic genius pizzas of of half hour fiction but there are also just some bad ones Um, and you get a lot of that with season four but season two and three I feel is a bit of a peak Um, okay Right. I mean season season one's great too season five's great too they all have great episodes so what I'm saying is wholly redundant um, mm. let's talk about the great scene where uh, he gets fired <laughs> it's a very long drunken really monologue
1: good. I think okay before that I wrote down right the line that the kid said where he goes mom Santa Claus is loaded <laughs> <laughs>
0: That should be in every <laughs> Christmas does film. And yeah. um, he has the great, the real thing he says, um, I can either drink or I can weep. And drinking yes, is so I much more that. subtle. <laughs> it's just really rough. And then he keeps going. <laughs> the, the lowest part for me is, do you, oh, sorry. Do you know another reason why I drink Mr. Dundee? So that when I walk down the tenements, I can really think it's the North Pole and that the children are elves. And that I really sent her. <laughs> it's really, really rough. Uh, that's rough. That's good. That's a good. It is for the, second,
1: for the end. Yeah, it is. Uh, and
0: as much as we're laughing at it now, um, Arkanie yeah. delivers it wonderfully, and it is a great bit of writing. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just the extreme of. Do you know why I drink? Because I want to pretend that children are elves.
1: And when he's talking, and he says that Christmas is richer, finer like talking about the lady and her view of Christmas and then says uh, it comes with patience and love charity compassion uh, it's just good it's, it's really well written
0: well that's the thing he's just so economical efficient mm-hmm. profound I mean every time I, I remember around the Trump thing a lot of the Twilight Zone monologues were rearing, rearing their heads again and sort of yeah. Rod Serling predicted this because but he didn't he's not predicting Trump I think mm. people are missing the points is that he's not predicting Trump he is making comments mm. that unfortunately will last forever.
3: Yeah
1: they're always first, relevant.
0: He was a profound man of truth unfortunately mm. died very young at the age of 50 serious serious you know it's part of the yeah. iconic image but serious issues with with, um, cigarettes massive heart problems Um, and he he, he, he entered into heart bypass surgery when that was when that was a risky thing that wasn't just Uh, something that happened day after day he was you know early in those and there were complications
1: yeah that's rough yeah
0: but he's just so ex i could you know i could listen to those opening narrations those closing Uh narrations just mm-hmm. over and over. And it just perfectly brings you into a world. It's... And nobody comments on him as an actor. But mm-hmm. for all the comedic episodes, he's got that wry smile and it really puts you into the world. And for all the dramatic episodes, he can imbue an atmosphere of dread unparalleled to any other sort, any other narrator I've ever, I've ever heard.
1: And not to, not to rib on um, John Peel at all. <laughs> No, but yeah, it just takes me out when yeah. he does the narration because because I know him as a comedian, and it's okay with Rod Sterling because he, even if you know him, he's just so he perfect- was the
0: Twilight Zone. Oh.
1: Yeah, exactly, and um, and he just immediately takes you into it into the episode. Hmm. Whereas where I, f- <sighs> when when jo- when Peel delivers his lines, it just, it's not as profound or it feels like he's just empty delivering it.
0: And also what he's delivering isn't as profound or well-written or well-structured. Yeah, and also sweet. he shot himself in the foot with the with the final episode of the first season, Blurry Man, which was just a nostalgic, you know, I'll be really crude, just to, you know, this isn't even a phrase, but jerking yourself on the back. I don't know. What's the most extreme <laughs> form, what's the most extreme form oh, yeah. of self-flagellation? I mean,
1: uh, <coughs> Ghost of Rod Sterling.
0: That ghost the return of Serling at the end made me feel sick. It was disgusting. I was genuinely disgusted. Yeah. And, he t- and he shot himself in the foot with, with his comedic persona because he broke it, didn't he, at the start of that thing. It was like, you know, it'd be really funny. What if I was doing a serious narration and then, oh, that's not it and Seth Rogen's not in it and... Yeah. just does nothing for me. I have okay. no interest. And... Um, I watched, um, I don't know if you saw this, um, they did a play version of the Twilight Zone, um, at the, the um, Almeida, and then it transferred to the Playhouse.
1: I really wanted to. I saw all the posters for it in London uh, when I came here, on, well, when I went there once.
0: And it was basically, there was like the, the, the 20 stories all yeah. intertwining and I had a great time. I, re- I do think yeah. it was very good. I think their biggest problem with it was, and I think this leads into the new show as well, is that they tried to have the cake and eat it. Yeah. Is that they played some of the twists for ha-ha laughs.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, oh, ha-ha-ha. Um, yeah. You know, ha-ha-ha. Look at how funny this old 50s show is. Okay. But then they played some of the most, but then they played some of the other twists completely seriously. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it. You cannot make fun of the show. These episodes still work 60, 70 years later mm-hmm. because they take themselves completely seriously.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not dated.
0: It's, I remember, yeah, Go, sorry, go on.
1: I mean, uh, you know how he said it, it was charming at the start? Mm. Uh, it's always charming, you can always watch it. Mm. It's like the sets in every episode all just, they're really well shot. Like in this one, uh, when all the kids like pop their heads in the bar and you see them like mm. popping through the window whilst he's drinking. Uh, it's just like the stage, not, is it staging? The staging is just incredible in every episode and the framing of each shot. And
0: you, you don't get the full image here because of the, the videotape nature of it. But yeah. George C. Clemens' um, photography and those beautiful, striking film images. I mean, Eye of the Beholder, whether you know the twist or not, um, is a feat of camera work uh, and direction. It's, and it still works this day. I showed a group of people two weeks back or whatever it was, Eye of the Beholder. And they guessed the twist within the first five minutes after watching about 10 episodes they still said that that was the best one the twists do matter they do work but even if, i've known them for years and i still come back to these episodes because there's so much more there they are not just the twists uh the Sorry, twists uh, are great
1: oh the one where oh it it's something Closing shift or something. After hours. Uh, after hours. There With the you mannequins. Go. I knew the twist of that before I watched it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's still great. It's still great.
0: Yeah. The, they always will be timeless. This is another timeless episode. I adore it. Um, I it just so sweet. And, and, it, and as you say, it gets that Christmas spirit when he's dressing down Sister Florence. Mm -hmm. and um, you know it's giving you the what for because Christmas is marvellous and 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 with that Serling wit and that darkness it allows us to have all the warmth and love and joy of Christmas Uh, but also the darkness of it because there's a great um, Nora Ephron Christmas film called Mixed Nuts and Steve Martin's final Christmas speech in that is but the gist of it is basically yeah everything's that's good is better at Christmas but everything that's yeah. bad is worse at Christmas you know if you're yeah. alone you're still alone at Christmas and it's even and you feel even lonelier and it sort of has that feel to it um I feel yeah. this episode the title obviously comes from um, Corwin's opening sort yeah. of well his breakdown monologue is yeah. one night I wish the week Couldn't hurt the earth.
1: That's why I drink.
0: That's why I drink. I want to pretend to be Santa. And I want to see him in, you know, in June. What's Henry carwin like the rest of the year? Is he, you know.
1: (laughs) I don't know. What?
0: Yeah. Does
1: he dress up as the Easter Bunny?
0: That's why I drink because I would, cause I, I would drink because i walked down the street and i wish that I, and all the kids were bunnies <laughs> that's, why, that's why that's why i drink it was thanksgiving i walked down the street thinking of everybody's turkeys
1: <laughs> oh, oh another thing that that was a bit dated that made oh. me laugh in a, in a very cute way it was a uh, the cat sound <laughs> <Funny>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yep.
0: uh, Buck Houghton, the producer of the show, uh, recalled making this episode. And yeah. his comment was that once in a while, Rod would have an enthusiasm. He'd say to himself or to Carol, his wife, um, or me yeah. or whoever, that he particularly liked somebody. There was a Christmas show that we did just because he wanted to see our Carney play Santa Claus. That was that was the reasoning for this episode. And just knowing wow. that just gets you all warm inside.
1: I, I just love Rod Serling so much. Yeah. Especially with a story like that.
0: And um it's it in a way it's 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 fascinating. That yeah. um and it's not fascinating when you look at the product because they're all great, but yeah. Nobody thought they were going to see these episodes more than once. People, no. keep, people forget this when it comes to like old movies. Yeah. People would go to the movies and be like, oh, that's," and they would keep going to the movies because oh. that would be the last time they would see that movie, maybe ever. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you'd have revival screenings, but it wasn't until the seven. well, no, the 80s, with the boom Mm. of the VHS. You could have your own copy of these films and you could watch them over and over and over again. Yeah. And then and also we talk about the videotaping and we talk about the difference in the videotape and the filming. These Mm. were on dog shit TVs in the the smallest screen. Cubes. Yeah, little cubes, fuzzy Mm. as hell, terrible sound. And the fact that despite all knowing that, That everybody was still compelled to make the exceptional product that Mm -hmm. this is. I know. Extends extends my um, love and adoration for the show even more. Um, Jay, Mm -hmm. do you have any final thoughts on um, this glorious uh, season two episode, "Night of the Meek"?
1: Um, just gonna just gonna say a quote from the cop. Do it. Uh. We're dealing with the supernatural here. There you go. It's a good,
0: it's a good yes. line. Yeah, what do John Fielder, uh, Mister Dundee. Oh, Mister Mister mm. Corwin. I well, fine then. I want a bottle of peach brandy from 1962. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Why did he pull out a cat?" Throw the camera. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> uh,
3: oh, it's wonderful. Those.
0: I hope that you will join me now in my Christmas tradition of watching uh, Night at the Peak.
1: I might. <laughs> it was a very it's, nice episode. It's,
0: a, it's an odd one that it isn't hasn't boomed a little bit more.
1: No, no, it's not. It's not one that I've heard heard of a lot. Mm. Really, I didn't even know there was a Twilight Zone a Christmas episode, but it made sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, and and um, we're Brits and we're yeah. Blu-ray people, um, so. We, we bought the Blu-rays, and we yeah. loved them. But in America, Netflix is, uh, Twilight Zone's on Netflix. All of the Twilight Zones are on Netflix, um, and we don't have that in England. So uh, maybe if they brought Twilight Zone onto UK Netflix, there'd be a boom. I don't think <laughs> there would be, because people would see that it's black and white, and they turn it off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which, is a, which is another matter that came up on our It's a Wonderful Life episode of just how, how much people just dismiss things immediately because they're black and white, which is insane to me, but that's a complete other discussion. Um, yes. Jay, I, I, I've i th- thoroughly enjoyed this uh, conversation. And if our audiences have enjoyed it, uh, they, they, needn't, um, they needn't worry uh, mm-hmm. for they'll be hearing and seeing Jay a lot more in the new year when we yes. discuss... Um, your favourite direction, certainly one of mine, um, Monsieur David Lynch. Yeah, we're just going to do them all. I've scheduled it. It's a month of a month of Lynch.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It shall be.
0: It shall be. It shall be indeed. Uh, but before, but uh, before that point, uh, we have more Christmas stuff to talk about. Uh, And we're going to say goodbye to Jay. And it's going to be hello to Nathan Sloan for a talk about uh, A black of Christmas (laughs) cow. I'm
3: I'm so
2: sorry for that laddie. He
3: hasn't got a daddy. That (laughs) little boy. I
2: thought you you were interested
4: still fuming with Messenger for this removal
2: of nicknames. Yeah. first they want to take our fish, and now they won't let us... Bloody... Have nicknames. nicknames and have polls on Messenger. This is Good riddance is what oh, I poles. say. Oh, polls.
3: Well, the day they got rid the, 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 the polls was... The polls, the
2: bloody they're coming into our getting, country, They're trying getting, to getting, take oh, our oh, jobs.
0: To um... <laughs> uh, right, okay, I'm going to do a loud clap. So I can see on the thing. It's probably no louder than the rest of talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see because you've moved rooms, Nathan. Well, there's that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of separate factors. <laughs> it's like um, a whole different world. A whole new world,
2: don't you dare close your eyes. Um, Watch that other day. The Guy
3: Ritchie
2: one. It's very good. It's very, very good. Very, very good. Yeah. The new Aladdin.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was alright. I you did know. It.
2: I didn't like Jasmine's new song.
4: I, this, this is what I thought about Are it. I like the song. I like the song, but it doesn't
3: fit it, stylistically. It doesn't. It's too. It's modern musical theatre. Yeah. It doesn't use the, the themes.
2: Yeah, so
0: it's,
3: so mod, it's the, modern musical theatre songs.
2: So, it so it's, I
0: like, it's a
4: good song, but for the mm-hmm. wrong
0: thing. And it's, is it, is, is it as good as suddenly there's a child on my lap? Suddenly I'm in a carriage. Suddenly. No. <laughs> that they, they are the two, for me, they are the two poles of added songs. It's either you must love me or <laughs> suddenly there's a child on my knee. Well,
2: what was the Taylor Swift one for cat? Remember when we would see cats? We did, did go to see was it, cats. Was it last year? This
0: time last year? This time last year, Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, Chris. Yeah,
2: we went to see cats on Christmas Eve, didn't we?
0: And we <laughs> should oh, have. Man. The, we, we lamented because we should have waited until like the end of when it was in cinemas and we could have gone alone and like well, shouted I think at the it screen. It,
2: I think it made it better that we were blatantly laughing out loud while sat next to mothers and their children no, enjoying that, it. that was fine, but
0: I didn't like having to whisper all of our funny comments. <laughs> I wanted to be like going, Boo! <laughs> like, I think it could have a chance of being the new Rocky Horror, but I think it's got too many long, boring bits.
3: Yeah.
0: Where you just have to sit there. Maybe if somebody edited it, I don't know. And we're back.
3: Blackadder.
0: Christmas Carol. This rounds out our Christmas special bonanza number two. Uh, Will's back. Uh, we've just been with uh, Jay Reef to talk about the wonderful Twilight Zone episode, Night of the Meek. Um, let's talk about some Black Adder, a show that uh, has not come up on the I mean, it probably has come up uh, before on the show. Um, Will, what's your relationship with Black Adder? Richard Curtis and Ben Elton's uh, seminal eighties um comedy it's theme, um, British
2: creation. It's the epitome of comedy, isn't it? It's there's there's the, the three um great I mean I've forgotten what i I call the third one but there's definitely the two for me things that define British comedy and therefore comedy. Um it's Faulty Towers and Black mm, Um excellent choices. Yeah.
0: I think uh, it, so Faulty Towers is seventies. Yes. I think you could make a pretty solid argument. Now is the office the all ah, right, so that's two thousand. I think seventies Forty Towers, eighties Black Adder, and 90s Choice, which we're about to pick, the Office Two thousand early two thousands. Is and then Peep Show? Woof. I mean <laughs> League of Gentlemen, 1999. Are we, are we oh, going to give yes. it the 90s? Just get it we'll in give there. it the 90s. Yeah. If it doesn't, you know. Uh, and then, I don't know, what would be... I think you can argue with me on those choices. Let's Well, let's argue about those choices first. Is anybody disagreeing with those?
4: I'm just looking up when something came oh, out.
0: I'd
2: I'd like to add Father Ted for the 90s. All right,
0: I'll allow that. And we'll make your gentlemen at our two thousands show tied with Ricky Gervais' office.
4: Another one for the nineties is the Thin Blue Line, which is again Ooh. Richard Curtis
0: and Yeah, sort of underrated, I feel nowadays. Very sort underrated. It um, very good. It, it sort of creeps up and it, it crept up on me literally just now.
2: You know what else was in the nineties, Tom?
0: A bit of Hugh and
2: Laurie. Knowing me, knowing you, and I'm Alan Partridge. Right, okay, so that has to
0: win the <laughs> Oh, this is tough. This is getting tougher than I expected. 70s and 80s, we can lock in. That's fine. <laughs> and Alan Bennett's talking heads are hilarious. Uh, I lost my... I lost my child. I lost my child. Um, right. Let's be rough now. I'm not letting this go by. Nineties. What? What's the options? Cool. The original Alan Partridge run. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna to have to. Your father Ted. Yeah. Did you say Thin Blue Line was nineties or eighties?
4: Nineties, ninety-five. I okay. think.
0: I think it's an honourable mention. I think we can say no.
4: <laughs> Oof. On, on popularity, probably, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I for me, it's between no, and then uh, it's, it's League of Gentlemen.
0: If we're saying that that's a 90s show because it was I, 1999
2: first ad, uh, see, I, I for me, it's between Father Ted and I'm Alan Partridge. I think that first
0: that's series in, in the uh, hotel the that's the it. best one, isn't it? I'm going to go past Rich. I think you yeah. you cannot deny... I mean, because that character has gone on for... into three, decades, and three and decades. He still is. he's just got comedy, better. He's just got better. And, better and better and better. And there's not many that you can... not many comedic creations that you can say that for. As i seen with Blackadder,
2: uh, linking it back to this, with mm. the... Um, I, we were talking about it uh, a few weeks ago, weren't we, noted, about that the new... This, more recent special they did where they all e-invent a time machine and it goes back and...
4: Back and forth, isn't it? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Back and back. Of the... It's bad.
4: Yeah, it's, it's terrible.
0: Really rough. Uh, it's, it's really, really quite rough. Um, mm. 1999. Um, again, it is it is Ben. It is Richard Curtis and Ben Alton. Everybody's back.
4: But they, I mean, they did also both write the first series and that had the same characters. Yeah. Yes. It was also rubbish. Well, so. this is the
0: thing. We've given it the 80s award, calling first stars as William Shakespeare, uh, Rick, <laughs> Rick Mail as Robin Hood, yes. um, and Margaret Thatcher uncredited archive <laughs> footage as self. Why are you so great? Well,
2: because I'm me.
0: <laughs> Rick Mail. What a man. What a man. What a man. Uh, rest in nice. peace. Blash by name, flash by nature. Uh, <laughs> the um we're giving it the 80s but it's a real it's a real rough ride Well, not it really a, not no not really it, <laughs> I'm immediately quashing my point it's six seven sorry rough first episodes and then mm. black of two black of the third black out of and and this christmas carol are all are all excellent um yeah i think it just
4: took them a while to get the hang of it didn't it and get yeah. the- Character spot on,
0: which is odd because I mean, well, they are the same characters, um, they, they are the same characters, but they're not. Um, have, have we got a favorite series amongst us? We Ooh. we
2: we discussed this the other day, didn't we? And I think I've changed, I think it might actually be the underrated three. Um, three mm, yeah. is that what you were gonna say?
4: Three, see, I'm always torn between yeah, two and four, which is probably what we discussed,
0: yeah. I think you can. I think, in regards to six incredible episodes of, because also I think that the fourth episode's comedy actually gets overpowered uh, in in a lot of the critical reverence by that beautiful, incredible send off. Yeah. Um, Which is is and will always will be one of the finest moments of television ever. Oh, absolutely incredible Perfectly incredible gone. fade to the poppy field because it completely takes you by surprise um yeah. and um and then you think well now we've been building up to this all the time it's it's because yeah. you can sort of not laugh off the plague <laughs> uh but uh, the great fire of london but um you know the war is pretty recent history. You know we've still got living people around us with with first hand we, connections. We're to still
2: it. seeing the effects that it had. We we mm. we are still recovering from it.
0: Mm. And you know always will be, but in the sense of a literal um, uh, uh, a literal living generation. Yeah, no, I've still seen the first, So it, it will always hit home. Uh, Blackadder's uh, Christmas Carol came out in 1988 prior to the 1989 fourth series. And it is the uh, very fun twist story of Ebenezer Blackadder uh, who is the nicest man in London. Uh, he is then visited by uh, Robbie Coltrane uh, in his Hagrid um, prep. <laughs> in his uh, preparation rehearsal for Hagrid, um, to, uh, you know, convince him uh, to stay good. Why, did, why does he come to him? It's completely irrelevant, isn't it? <laughs> completely irrelevant. There's not even a sync... I'm not saying I'm a better actor than Ben Elton or Richard Curtis, but you need a couple of lines where he just goes, why am I so good? What's the point in it? You know, only yeah. the bad people get their go- And then the spirit comes and he's like, yeah. well, do you want to see? In,
4: in fact, he just says something like, oh, I'm just doing the rounds, aren't I? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly. here I am. And that is quite funny of like, now yeah. I've got three more hauntings tonight. That's very funny. But also it's just completely, it's, it's a very, it's an excellent structure um mm. we we've we've used this structure before <laughs> we have used it and used and dare I say <laughs> well uh, but our <laughs> thing was you know what if somebody came to hitler what if a spirit came to hitler and showed him th- you know three scenes and then he got the wrong thing and he was like oh no i need to be better to my wife so that i can continue you know with my genocide um which maybe is the is the is the darkness that uh, this not genocide based Mm. um it's just it's just that wonderful subversion yeah um this film and blackadder goes forth uh, Mm. sorry blackadder back and forth are the only two to actively reprise characters from previous blackadder interactions and one is excellent and one is not Mm. um well, of your of the of the segments of this, what 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 is your personal favourite?
2: Uh I like going back to to see George.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the wonderful Hugh Laurie. Yes. Uh, did they did they did they keep the sets about, or did they did they film them? Well, I mean,
2: this is just coming off, so they probably had that they filmed it the day after, didn't they? I I mean, just on, on a tiny tension, it's quite nice that they've done it in the Victorian setting because it is that link between Prince mm. uh, George and then, obviously, World War One. So you, you have got that intermediate, mm. which is quite
0: nice. The, um, in, in, a, in, in a sense, maybe it would have felt out of place following the ending of Black Blackadder Goes Forth. Um, but uh, I wish maybe they'd have waited a couple of years and, and made it a bit longer and done a, done a war segment as well. But would it have fit? Because they're not really in those positions because they're bad people. No. They're in those positions because it's the war.
2: I, I, yeah. I, I, sort of um, Edmund did in um, Series 4. I, I mean, maybe in every series, but definitely in Series 4, he is a bad person as a result of what he's gone through. Yeah, Um, And so you you sort of empathise with him the most in that fourth series, which is what makes it so powerful.
4: Mm. Plus, it also gave him the opportunity to kind of float this new thing up, didn't it, with the whole futuristic thing, and Mm. give that a try. No, it wasn't great, um, and I'm glad they didn't think let's make a whole series out of it, but it was something different um, to try. Um, It had its sort of amusing bits kind of thing.
0: In fact, I have a fact about this. Rowan Atkinson and Richard Curtis never considered making a season on Blackadder following Grand Admiral Blackadder in the far future. However, in Blackadder Back and Forth, Lord Blackadder and Baldrick's time machine materialises in the middle of a space battle, and it is assumed that the space battle took place during Grand Admiral... Uh, I keep wanting to say General Atbar, because Grand Admiral Blackadder... (laughs) The Black El Akbar. I just want to say, General Akbar. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was directed by uh, Richard Bowden. who was directed uh, a bunch of upstart crow, a bunch of Count Arthur Strong. Did, did we watch that?
2: Uh, I've seen it recommended to me. Uh, it.
0: Life of Riley, which is a. a uh, twenty episode thirty minute you know sitcom that I remember for no reason it's basically built around the fact that they're called the Rileys, and there was like, what if it was a sitcom called the Life of Riley? I remember that um the dad's running joke was that his one claim to fame uh was um his jim' fix it pin uh which I dare say has aged terrifically uh, and watching those episodes, nothing would be different. <laughs> uh, but Richard Bowden has gone on to be a big producer on the IT crowd. Nathan, do you join us in? Oh, wait a minute. IT crowd. IT crowd. That's, that's 2000s. That's it? our thousands. That's, yeah. That has to be our thousands series. <laughs> oh, then we lose G- League of Gentlemen and The Office.
3: Yeah.
4: And th- you've not even mentioned the thick of it as well.
0: Oh. now here's a th- now here's oh no, we're talking British, aren't we? Okay, so I don't have to make that argument. Yeah. But I am a huge Veep fan, and I think Veep takes thick of it and just does wonders with it and makes it ten times better. The, I think the writing's funnier. I think the the drama is. More dramay <laughs> i I love veep I, I love veep Nathan, what's your favorite segment of this of this little triptych?
4: yeah, I think I think the Georgian one is pretty good with the old lady and the mm. the wrong old lady just sort of classic. Um, I think it was probably the best of the sort of different different bits.
0: They're just nice, neat little sketches, really, aren't they?
4: Yeah, it's all sort of well paced, I think, each each sort of bit. Um It does Jim fly Broad... by as
0: well. It's only forty three minutes. It flies yeah. by. Yeah. Um I, I believe I interrupted you talking about Jim Broadbent. Talk about I was Jim just gonna Broadbent.
4: say yeah, Jim Broadbent's accent is uh
0: <laughs> it reminds me of Mr That's Gruber. A... very <laughs> much adding. like Mr.
4: Gruber, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> a popping book, these are rolling shoes. <laughs>
0: um, why don't you get well, these rolling shoes? I
4: completely forgot Mary Margleys is in it as well.
0: Oh, yes. she, gets, she gets where water can't. Um, what do we think of uh, bloody? I know she's intentionally annoying. i is right, characters who are intentionally annoying do my goddamn nothing because they're intentionally annoying, so you can't say. Oh, they're annoying. I don't want them in it because no, they're intentionally it's meant to be annoying. Be annoying. Tom. I know, <laughs> they're so annoying. Are you on about Queenie? No, I'm on about no. Millicent. Queenie's oh. never annoyed me. I know no. that this is famous, this is my, my ex loved Blackadder, can't stand Queenie. She that's so she doesn't like the second season. No, Look, love and Queenie. I've met and I've met lots of people before who, who don't like Queenie. Maybe it's my deep love of Miranda Richardson, which has always been a thing since I was a child, uh, due to my early love of the crying game. No, of, uh, <laughs> of Sleepy Hollow. I adore Sleepy mm. Hollow and watch that all the time as a kid. I'm now seeing Fantastic. a show here called Girlfriends, which is Zoe Wanamaker and Miranda Richardson. Oh, that sounds right up your alley. It does. <laughs> it's six episodes. And it, yeah, it didn't last long. Mm. Uh, written by Kay Meller. Oh, she's the Band of Gold person, isn't she? And Fat Friends, and yeah, and the Syndicate. Do we all? Do we all remember the Syndicate?
2: Yeah, I remember the Syndicate. Yeah, where? Yeah, he lived on a barge with his his uh, his girlfriend,
0: Timoth- Timothy Spall, and and Joanna Page were in the first one, and then. Season two was Alison Steadman. It's a nice little idea, you know, <laughs> it's not gonna break any boundaries. Um, what uh, could we could we you know, we talked about the little things. Does the there's no real sketch to this future thing. The the they're going back to the second and going back to the third. They're, ni- they're nice, neat little sketches. But the future thing isn't really a sketch. It's just, ha, 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 we're saying funny future things and the Flash Gordon music's playing.
3: I, the,
4: the sort of joke of it is the the sort of alternate futures, isn't it? Mm, with the, mm.
2: with, you know, Baldrick ending up being... Yeah, I think the, that's the joke. Mm. It's
0: just gone... Well, there's plenty of great jokes. ...very um, long about it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you know, I'm talking, and maybe there's an alternate universe where there is where this is not, but this is a lot longer than 43 minutes, and we're all going, God, it needs a trim.
4: I think the character that the future bit could have done with that it missed was Flash Heart. That would have been a good moment, Mm. in, I think that could have completely changed the dynamic of that bit.
0: Just put Rick Mail in it anyway. What's your excuse to not have Rick Mail? Yeah, true. Jim Broadbent. Uh, this is is only uh, Blackadder appearance, other than I believe the first series.
2: Yeah, when he also did a dodgy Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yes, he was in. He was in a thing called Dead on Time, which was a Rowan Atkinson written half hour piece of comedy. Yes, he was. Don speak English, an interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we? Did we? What's our favourite Jim Broadbent? What's our favourite Jim Broadbent thing? Oh, hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. God, previous,
3: yeah. Previ- yeah, yeah,
0: previous episode, Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is good. And again, it's that great thing of uh, you care. Yeah, he's very good as Bridget's dad. We have to in in mm. Bridget, Bridget. Um little voice is wonderful In are you a little voice fan will
2: no i mean i'm i'm not that i'm not a fan i just just, have
3: never
0: (laughs) oh let's i'm sorry let's talk about jim Broadbent's 2001. so he's in iris which i believe he was yeah nominate the sorry pardon me he won best supporting actor for his role in Iris which was it's the true story of the romance between um, Iris Murdoch dying slowly dying of dementia uh, with her husband so it cuts between Jim Broadbent and Judi Dench and Judi Dench slowly dying of dementia and then Kate Winslet and Hugh Bonneville uh, are falling in love that sounds delightful oh, it does that sounds very nice I might give that a watch I and mean, it got good reviews so he's in that, and he wins his Oscar. He's Bridget's dad in the first uh, Bridget film, and maybe his finest turn, like a virgin being touched for the very first <laughs>
3: time. Like so a just, virgin. Have you listened
2: to the, uh, the musical
0: uh, soundtrack don't that
3: they've just done? Even, awful. It's terrible!
0: It's awful. Absolutely terrible. I want shaky Jim Broadbent going, Another curtain, another mindless cry behind the curtain of the pantomime. Singing, some may say, terribly. The show must go on.
2: Are you a are you a strictly ballroom fan? No. Mm. I think we must we must discuss. I'm a. That's my favourite. bass.
0: Over moon rouge.
2: Yeah. The French and and then
0: yeah. Were yeah. meant to die for love. Nicole is a sensational term. Who did, who did Nicole lose to that year for the Oscars? I'll be annoyed if it's bad. Academy Awards. Um, are you a Moulin Rouge person, Nathan? Um, I've not seen
4: it. Well, I've not seen it all the way through. I've seen bits of it, but mm. I don't know why I haven't watched the whole thing. The bits have seen, seem quite good, whereas Strictly Ballroom just doesn't appeal.
0: So, oh, this is a goddamn... Terrible. It's a, it's a brilliant year for film, terrible year for the Oscars. So A Beautiful Mind gets Best Picture, one of the most dull Oscar bait. He likes blithing. maths. He likes maths, and he nearly burns his child. Um, so uh, Moulin Rouge is nominated, and I don't think Moulin Rouge should win, obviously. Uh, it's up against Gosford Park uh, for Best Picture, which I think should have won. Excellent, excellent film. Another another broadband. No, 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 it's not. Uh he was approached. And uh David Lynch from Mulholland Drive is nominated for best director. I always forget that Zellweger was actually nominated for best actress for Bridget Jones's diary. It's because she's superb in it. I'm not See? saying she's not superb. I'm saying I'm overjoyed with you know um, <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. Uh so Nikokiman loses to Halle Berry in Monster's Ball. Fine.
3: I've I'm not thinking. seen it. I,
2: uh, mean, I yeah. couldn't possibly comment.
0: Yeah. Don't. <laughs> that's, that's. And incredibly, Sean Penn gets nominated for I Am Sam. As we learnt in Tropic Thunder, he went home empty handed because he went a certain <laughs> path in his performance. Uh, which is talked about in <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Um, is there anything after that old uh, Jim Broadbent uh, adoration tangent? Is there anything <laughs> left to talk about with with Blackadder's Christmas Carol? Uh,
2: well, I, I mean at the ending. It's a nice nice idea, isn't it? That Subversion, he was going to get yeah. the the big prize, or well, the, the big gift, and then mm. just slams the door in the face.
0: And I like that. It's him that goes and slams the door, and that it's not baldrick, yeah because you know because every time and i I forgot this time, and um, you think it's going to be um that the final gag is oh, I've been told to shut the door on everybody, and he shuts the door on the on Prince Albert yeah. and Queen Victoria, but it's not actually it's it's Blackadder uh, so it's a it's a great comeuppance um yeah instead of. Putting the comeuppance on on Baldrick. Uh, Nathan. Any, any any final thoughts on this on this uh, otherwise marvelous Christmas?
4: Present? An underrated thing about it is like the, the ex, all the exclamations Blackadder has when like something <laughs> happens. It's like oh, will peel my tangerines, or <laughs> They're all just uh, very bizarre, yes. very enjoyable.
0: Do we do we have a fa- do we have any favorite quotes from this? I, I, I this is usually a thing that we have. Um...
2: I've got a um, I like. When he's uh, Baldrick's like, uh, oh, where's the milk of human
0: kindness? It's gone off. uh, It's gone off. (laughs) Uh, My, what a jolly fellow. Looked like a fat git to me. Uh, I love that Tiny Tim is 15 stone and built like a brick privy. (laughs) Uh, Lovely stuff. I do believe. I do believe that's it. We're now going to move into talk to. Uh, we're now going to. Uh, what are we going to do, Will? Uh, end this special, oh, end Christmas special wow. two. Ed,
2: Christmas is over. No, 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 no. We've got a whole, We've got a whole. We, more- we've, we've got, got a whole- another one, haven't <laughs> <laughs> we? When God, Nathan will I be back. We we're done. When
0: yes. We- to yes. talk about Top Gear Middle East. Are you excited, I Nathan?
4: I can't wait. Actually, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> if you're
0: um, going to come back, though, change this background. Uh, like, come on, pick what, pick what, a what, what would you like? Um, or, I don't know if you can do it, but I'd love a nice cream wall with some blinds.
2: Sort of near a conservatory with like the mm. soft pitter patter of rain on the roof. Yeah, maybe
4: a bit on the wall where a TV used to be. Oh yeah, it. and mm.
2: like a sort of a wire hanging from that. That'd be nice. Yeah, and yeah, if you I'd can, I know it'll be a tough ask.
0: Can it get more rainy as it goes on? (laughs) I'll see what I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.